When many people hear the term influencer, the first person that jumps into their mind might be one of the Kardashians. But the truth is, is that today, anyone can create content and many people are doing just that and making a living doing it. There are so many different journeys that people take to get there. Some of these happen kind of by accident, when people share the things they love with the world and they wake up one day with an audience who just can't wait to hear more. But this podcast isn't about how to get rich as a creator. Instead, this podcast is all about getting started. Cheers to getting started. Great. Um, well, Luke, thanks so much for, for joining us uh, today. Really excited to chat and hear a little bit more about your, your content creation journey. Um, maybe to kick things off, would love to just hear how you got started posting on TikTok. Um, yeah, so actually, it's uh, my story goes way, way back. Um, even so, I actually moved into this place uh, last year in, in July uh, of 2022. But prior to that, I've always had this thought of uh, wanting to create content in the back of my mind. And uh, I knew it would be around fashion mainly, but I didn't also know like whether it was just like basically an idea. And so um, uh, when I moved into here, which was also like a separate thing, but I wanted to just experience living alone. And at the same time, I had the opportunity to start making content because uh when i was at home i didn't really have the the room the space um also like my parents were always around too so it was just really inconvenient to make content and um so that's pretty much how i got started and yeah that makes sense yeah i feel like i've heard that from other content creators before that like having the space makes a big difference and that um when there are people around, there's this element of self-consciousness or it's just, it makes the whole creation process a lot harder. Um, yeah. is, is that your, was that your experience too? Yeah. <laughs> well, that makes sense. And I'd love to hear a little bit more too about, so it sounded like you'd been thinking about creating content for a while. Um, we're specifically interested in, um, fashion as well as it seemed like kind of moving into a new place kind of sparked, um, some of the themes for your content. I would be curious to hear kind of what your goals were when you were first starting to post like going back to that those very early days yeah so when i first started i was um focused uh primarily on fashion content because that is what i enjoyed and um uh i didn't realize like when as i started posting like there's definitely like a lot of things going through my mind such as like other people were posting you know what was trending as well trends were such a big thing you know you know um outside of what i like too like what could i post to make my content go viral so that virality and trying to get exposure was also a big thing and then uh you know um i realized like I also started to like not feel so good about my own content too because of what was doing well and uh but you know at the end of the day like i try to look at my own values too and see what uh resonates with me the most and what i hold dear to and that's definitely being authentic and true to myself and definitely bringing in the audience that i want to, uh to attract to watch my content and um eventually like i knew i could only do so much with with fashion as well like not fashion was just not was not only what i was f 
focused on in life. There are definitely other areas I feel like I could have shared, you know, that could be like moving out. And um, I pretty, I embody a pretty uh, minimal lifestyle in my daily life. Um, I like to keep things simple, peaceful, just, uh, you know, I, I'm not really like, I'm mean, pretty much an introvert. I don't really go out that much. I like to stay at home on weekends. Uh, but I also have this level of discipline as well for myself, like when I'm living alone. And, and I feel like that was also another part that I could share. And, um, so it's like living with more intention, I guess. So living minimally, living with intention, you know, making good choices and developing good habits and combining that with like fashion that also gave me like, um, that put a better picture towards me, I guess, which is what I want to show towards my viewers and which is the route that I'm going more down towards now, which is this, um, minimal and like slow living and, um, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I feel like that it, it felt like kind of watching your journey, like felt like a very natural transition, um, into that kind of aesthetic, uh, of uh, minimal living and kind of slow living and, and one of the things that I like is that I about your content specifically is I feel like it serves as such a contrast to a lot of the other content that I follow that it really makes me kind of pause and and so that that's something that I, I really appreciate about your content um can you talk to me a little bit more about how you sort of cultivate that aesthetic or um sort of some of the thought that goes into uh the, the content that you produce yeah so uh, it's both a mix of what I feel would do well and um, what I feel like that I like too. And definitely like my content creation process has evolved in the last seven or eight months since I've been on TikTok because I, I just started last August and it's definitely been a big journey. Like when I look back at some of my old videos, like I definitely would have not like done this or done that. And um Currently, um, I am more focused on, um, the recently the algorithm on TikTok has definitely changed and, uh, people are getting a lot less views and that's just, um, I think part of the algorithm, uh, reprioritizing content that's good. And, um, you know, that's just, they just want to compete with other platforms, I think. And, um, with that in mind, like I definitely tailor my content to be more like it's mostly like half aesthetic and half value I would say so I'm trying to provide value in a way aesthetically where it could show viewers like you know this is like uh, also like a really great thing you know whatever content I'm posting relates to fashion and minimal living um, it's providing that like aesthetic to it as well so aesthetics has really been in my mind recently yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And can you, you mentioned how like the algorithm changes, like how do you sort of like, um, I imagine that can be a, a tough like mental game too, is like when you're, you're creating content. And so I guess, how do you kind of stay motivated to keep continuing um, despite, you know, whether the content is, um, you know, uh, going viral or, or not, like how, how do you sort of stay motivated and consistent amidst, um, having things that are outside of your control, such as that the algorithm? Yeah. So like 
I personally enjoy like making content regardless of um, what the algorithm um, is currently at. And uh, I feel like that's a really big thing to be able to like enjoy the process. Because if someone is just making content to only, you know, serve the algorithm and to get their content boosted and, you know, maybe they, they just get like a nice dopamine boost from it. Like that's really nice too. But I think if you actually want to like make the content and enjoy, enjoy what you're doing um, and make it like a long-term thing, like you definitely want to keep, you definitely need to like not be phased by, you know, the number of views that you're getting, especially with the algorithm right now. And I feel like that's such a big thing, just like being able to enjoy the process. And uh, that's also something that I've been thinking about more too, because sometimes I'll just like make content um, and then I won't enjoy it because I like force myself. And um, I just have to like remind myself that, you know, whatever I post, you know, it doesn't always have to go viral. It doesn't always have to get views and naturally and organically over time, because I feel like I'm at a pretty good pace right now. Um, I'll get to the place where I want to be and you know, I'm pretty, I, I think when I have that thinking in mind, I'm, I'm just like a lot more satisfied and, and content with, with things. And it, it just brings like a peace of mind to it as well. Yeah, I, I really like that. That, that makes a lot of sense. And, and one thing that you had mentioned there too, about, uh, sort of developing the habits or kind of enjoying the process. Can you talk a little bit more about like what a day in the life looks like for you? How, how do you sort of develop these like, you know, healthy processes, like both in terms of your relationship with the content, but just, yeah, your, your day-to-day life as a content creator. What is that? What does that look like? Yeah. So currently I, I still work a full-time job. Um, I'm working as a nurse in, in a private community uh, facility. And so that already takes away most of my time because I I work like just slightly over 40 hours a week. And um, to make, for most people, I would say like to make content on the side is just like something they would not do uh, outside of that. I also try to like think about how to, how to organize time my time better as well. But, and there's definitely this like battle in between my head, like, oh, hey, can I relax or like, should I make some content? You know, also like, I also have other priorities in life too, right? I have to like maintain my fitness, you know, maintain my, my, I have to like be well, uh, spend time with family and friends, maintain my social balance, social and life balance. And that's also a pretty other important factors too, as an adult that you have to focus on. And, um, also like, um, taking your phone out and randomly recording, like, when you're out and with your friends or something, it's kind of like weird. So, uh, I just try to, um, I definitely try to like think about it in the moment, whether it's a good time to make content or not. And, uh, when I'm at home, I, I do try to dedicate some time to me, uh, video, like either once or twice. I usually have four days off. Um, that's a great thing about working in healthcare and in my position. Um, but I do try to balance that with, with, uh, my other priorities in life as well. And when it comes to like my content creation, um, ideas, um, I just naturally tend to come up with ideas spontaneously. So whatever, if I'm going about my day and something comes up, I'll just write it down on my phone 
and then when it comes to the day of like i feel like filming something and i also won't try to force it you know i'll film that idea and I'll, it'll just it'll just work out so it also comes naturally as well yeah that makes a lot of sense and yeah i i feel like that point around y y yeah you don't always want to have your phone out necessarily when you're enjoying time with friends um and i also feel like I, I was talking with another content creator who we had on the podcast about how um, it's starting to become maybe more socially acceptable for somebody to like have a phone out, like if they're like at a restaurant or like out in public. But it's also there's also kind of balancing, um, you know, any looks that you might get. And, and so I guess for you, um, how, how do you think about that sort of um, yeah, I guess that balance or the in the creating content um I uh, kind of do, do you do most of it just from your home or, or yeah I'd be curious to hear a little bit more about your process there too yeah because since um I would say since my, most of my content primarily revolves around like my living style and fashion like I can probably make maybe 80 percent of my content at home which is mm -hmm. um good in the sense that when I go out like I'm not really filming that much and when I do go out and film it's usually filming you know like bits and pieces of just my life um i also don't have like a really like impressive social life so like i'm also okay like just not documenting that too um <laughs> yeah like again when it comes to filming outside it it definitely comes to the person's judgment on the situation like if you if this is like socially acceptable at this time to film obviously if you're at a really important event or uh you know it's, it might not be acceptable to film in that moment. So yeah, just take some discretion on your, on the creator's end. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and one thing too, I guess, is I feel like a lot of advice to creators when they're first starting out is to focus on a niche and figuring out your niche and kind of building from there. I feel like you've had like a very natural evolution of like starting to fashion to kind of expanding to your home to other areas of minimal living. I guess, do you think that that advice to somebody just starting out is good advice in terms of focusing on a niche? Or if you had any advice for somebody who is starting today, what what would be what would be your your I guess uh, number one piece of advice? Yeah, so I actually I actually believe that starting in one niche is a great um, is a great place to start, just because you can initially attract like an audience. Because if you're starting from zero followers and you're you're kind of doing here and there and you know touching on different things, it's kind of hard for your audience to gauge like where where your content's heading, and so it'll give this like sense of like being sporadic, which is not necessarily you know a good thing. And um, for my content just evolving over time. Uh, I also follow a lot of other creators too, like on TikTok. And um, one of the niches that I follow is just uh, how to be like a good creator as well, like the, the niche of content creating. And um, one of the creators that I've uh, followed, she gave some really uh, good advice that I thought was really, um, that I really like resonated with me, which was to actually become the niche. And because if you're just, you're not just like, one person talking about fashion and that's not just all about you you also care um you also embody different you know you have your personality 
uh, you have your other interests, you know, you have just the way that you are, which makes you totally unique from another person and their own perspectives as well. And another thing I wish that I started doing in the beginning of content creating was just also putting more of my personality out there as well. And like also, um, talking more to the camera and talking more to the viewers, because I feel like it gives a sense of uh, relatability for the viewer, for them to be able to, you know, understand your thought process, what you think about certain things and for them to be able to, you know, be more relatable in your content. And that's something that I didn't really do as much. Uh, I was more focused on like obvious talking into the camera is not my strongest point. So that's why it was another reason why I didn't do that. Um, but I'm slowly coming out of my shell and making more of content like that too. And yeah, so I feel like, um, as if there's a new creator, definitely focusing on one niche, um, putting out more of your personality and, and, uh, opening that up more early on so that down the line, you already have a list of videos that they can go back to and see that, you know, you're like, you're not just, they, they know more about you and, um, yeah. I like that. Yeah. So start with a niche and then eventually get to a point where you become the niche. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's, I, I really like that. Yeah. That That's a beautiful evolution. It sounds like something that you've been able to, to do really well. Um, and I guess another question that I had is, so you mentioned some of your goals, like early on when you were first starting out was like very much like focused on the trends, like virality, like very focused on, I'm, I'm guessing growth and like those views. How have your goals evolved over time as you have grown more of a following and, and more of a community? Um, have your goals changed? Like, is it still about growth or engagement or um, maybe earning more money? Um, be curious to hear kind of how those those goals have evolved. Yeah. So um, in the beginning, I was solely focused on on growth, and uh, actually, I feel like that hasn't strayed too much away from what my goals are now. Just uh, I definitely want to scale like higher too, but obviously more authentically. Um, and that's that's sort of the fine line that I'm balancing, like being authentic while at the same time scaling really high. Uh, most mostly in my followers, though. I want to scale on my followers, and like I'm not too much worried about the monetization uh, or brand deals. I feel like that those will just come over time. Um, and definitely more focused on improving the quality of my content too. That's, that's something that um, I've been doing as well. That makes a lot of sense. And in terms of that quality of the content, you had mentioned before how you're sort of focusing on you like doing more sort of talking to the camera, even if it makes you uncomfortable. Are there other sort of things that you're you're thinking about in terms of, yeah, that, that quality aspect? Yeah, so when I think about quality, um, it just, it doesn't just come to like, you know, how, how, you know, how nice the camera is, um, you know, the quality of the, the picture, uh, which is what we, we might first refer to, but quality for me, it's, it's pretty much, you know, anything that'll like improve the video in context of the TikTok algorithm, uh, because the algorithm is constantly changing. I have to adapt to it. So 
and also balancing it between my aesthetic and authenticity. So it's focused a lot around like, you know, for this clip, how long can it be? Or like, you know, like what can I do for this clip to like make it, you know, nicer or like, should I zoom it in? It's like the quality of my edits as well. You know, it's like, um, showcasing like, you know, what text should I use as well? Like, you know, how long should a text be? So it's like every, every factor in the edit is carefully considered. Yeah. And, um, I guess with regards to, um, kind of creating content, I mean, for you, do you see it like long-term as something that you'd like to do full-time as a career? Or do you think that right now the main focus is just, you know, getting better, um, and kind of more focused on it as a hobby or would love to hear a little bit about your, your long-term aspirations as well. Yeah. So uh, like I do enjoy making content a lot and, um, Currently at my job, like I make a pretty comfortable living, uh, working as a nurse, but the, the, the drawback of working as a nurse is that it just, uh, it just sucks out so much energy out of me physically, uh, mentally and emotionally, just, the, um, just the nature of the job and, uh, the stress that comes with it, you know, dealing with patients and that sort of thing. And, uh, I definitely do see myself working as a nurse, um, down the line, but I think if I'm going into my 30s and 40s, like my values would probably change in the sense that, you know, I'm I'm definitely like a family guy. So I want to focus more time on family. Um, so if the possibility comes where I can, I can make content to the point there where I can, you know, step down from working full time to even just part time or casually, like that would even benefit me so much to bring in like an extra source of income, which I think for a lot of families and people nowadays, especially in this period of, um, life where it's like inflation's going up, like everything is just so expensive nowadays. Like it's, it's hard to make like a, a good living. And I feel like people, uh, people are finding different ways to do that. And, um, not just that it's getting a lot more competitive too. And, yeah, like, um, people just have to adapt to the, to the time period now, which is really unfortunate and, and sad as it sounds. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, I, I could see how content creation can kind of be a way to supplement or to also just kind of create more, um, whether it's stability or just flexibility, um, in terms of the way that you, you approach work, that, that makes a lot of sense. And for you, when you, you think about sort of, you know, maybe getting to a point where maybe you're, um, doing your, your full-time job as a nurse, more part-time, what are the ways that you're thinking that that could, um, you could do that through your content creation? Is it, is it largely in working with brands? Is it maybe starting your own brand, like a, a fashion brand or, or how are you sort of thinking about that, that aspect of it? <laughs> yeah. So don't mind sharing. yeah, like, um, I guess in my, I don't really discuss too much about my own career within my own content. Uh, although that could be another pathway that I could take to, to talk about that because i feel like um as a male in as a nurse like uh actually the the rise of male nurses is is going up but i feel like 
for a lot of people that are not uh informed about you know male nurses being in health in, as a nurse like there's a stigma there too because it's mostly like a female dominated profession i feel like that's also something that i could provide a, that would provide a, a audience to for a very specific group of people um although i don't think i would go that route i would more focus on um what my i'm currently doing and i still think that there's a there's definitely a potential for me to like start a brand around the content i have and i'm not exactly sure what that would be right now it could it's probably gonna be a mix of cl uh, fashion and you know i guess products that would that that would benefit you in life but definitely i would because there's a lot of people that just go into making brands for the sake of sales and you know they, they like put stuff out that people don't need and like that's definitely like not what i want to do uh i don't like i also have been reached been reached out by many brands to collaborate but i don't actually accept probably 80 or 90 percent of them and i feel like that authenticity of like being real with their viewers is really important so i only put out stuff and promote brands that i feel like are i could actually see my viewers using and i feel like that credibility is really important if i eventually want to start a brand and i just want to hold on to those values as well yeah that makes a lot of sense and you know for the brands that reach out to you and the 80 percent to 90 percent that you say no to um, what makes you say yes to a brand? Like what are the, for the 10%, um, is it, you mentioned like, you know, brands that you feel like your audience would resonate with. Are there other sort of factors that you look for, um, in sort of developing those relationships or partnerships? Yeah. So they essentially have to align with the values that I hold. And, um, so not just being minimal and sustain, like sustainable is a big thing too. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be sustainable. I know there, uh, it's hard to be sustainable all the time. Uh, but you know, also I don't mind working with brands that, you know, help to improve my growth too, if they're like a pretty big brand as well. But in terms of the brands that I don't collaborate with, um, sometimes it comes down to professionalism, you know, the brand is like not very professional or, you know. I look at their website and it's like, you know, they, they like made it on Shopify in, in five minutes or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, the, that like aesthetic and image that they hold, uh, I definitely like prefer a high quality brand working with me, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I have to like believe in their products too. You know, I feel like the products have to be good, not some, you know, it's not like cheaply made um, because I'm one thing is that I've come to learn is like investing in high quality products and just purchasing them once is way better than buying, you know, several products, several cheap products that may just wear out over time, which is like the problem that I face, uh, whether in fast fashion or in my daily life. And, uh, you know, it has to be the right fit for me too. Like, I was once reached out to by uh, Skims uh, from Kim Kardashian. So like, <laughs> I don't know what was happening over there with their with their PR department. <laughs> you know, they wanted to send me some lingerie to try out. 
So, <laughs> you know, like, they didn't even do their research to see what my content was about. Maybe they just thought about sending mass amounts of emails to everyone and hoping people would respond. Um, so, yeah, so basically professionalism, uh, like, you know, their aesthetic, high quality, um, minimal, and yeah, doesn't have to be sustainable, but definitely if they're, if I can see some effort in that, that also would be helpful too. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. And yeah, I like, you know, your approach on like authenticity and sort of building these relationships. I mean, I think that you definitely see there are some creators out there, maybe more in the fa fast fashion space where um, they're like constantly doing sponsored posts. And um, I do think that there's a risk to kind of losing engagement with their audience. And maybe for those people, they've, they've found a way like their audience is very kind of hooked into what they're providing. But I do feel like there's an interesting parallel between um, fast fashion and maybe like fast content. I don't know if that's a word, <laughs> um, but content, you know, that's kind of um, more geared towards uh, that style. So I guess more of a comment. I don't know if there's a question in there, but I, I guess for you in sort of figuring out when you do collaborate with these brands where you feel like it's a very, um, you know, their, their values aligned with you. Um, how do you think about sort of inserting them into your content? Like, is it largely like sponsored posts? Is it um, sort of uh, like sharing affiliate links, discount codes, or or what is that? What is that type of relationship typically look like? Yeah, so that's actually something I'm still figuring out a lot um, along the way as a career. That I was never, I did, I didn't actually know too much about that when I started so I was pretty much like in the dark and I had to do a lot of research myself to figure out what that would be um and because I I declined a lot of uh, the collaborations like um I've also just had to like when I have actually landed one I had to like figure out and communicate what to do for example like what we're talking about um like most of the brands actually want me to they just want to send me like a gift and they they want for me to like promote that. So they'll either provide me with an affiliate link or they'll just want me to just straight up promote the product that's, that they're doing. And uh, like I said before, I only do the ones that I feel like are worth doing. And most of the time, um, they'll actually know like the ones I've received recently are just sending me products and wanting me to promote them. Uh, which, which, which uh, would benefit the brand more, be and with no like affiliate link or something like that. So it doesn't really benefit the creator a lot. Um, so I'm just trying to like negotiate, be more like negotiating with brands nowadays in terms of um, what I get like in return as well. So that's definitely talking about payment too, which is another like topic that I'm still trying to figure out um too yeah and have you on that payment side found any resources that you think are particularly helpful um because i feel like that's a lot of creators we're talking to are sort of in a smaller boat where um maybe they even have like a lot smaller followings than you do but they're first starting to work with with brands and are, are trying to figure it out have you found any like resources out there that you found that were useful in terms of figuring out how to negotiate those brand relationships or um 
kind of almost graduating beyond the, the gifted relationship, uh, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. So like the, um, yeah, like you said, there actually isn't a lot of content out there to help new creators. Like I can, I've tried like Reddit, I've tried, uh, YouTube. There's this other site that I've tried. I've also tried TikTok too, but the site that I've tried was, is called hashtag pay me. Um, yeah, yeah. I used their calculator and like, they were giving me like rates a lot higher than what I was thinking to be appropriate, which is interesting. But nowadays, like even, um, I think with the direction where content is going, uh, brand, um, like the budgets that brands have now for creators is also a lot smaller too, because I feel like, um, when COVID was here, everyone was focused on like, they were shifting towards online because everything was good. So in that sense, uh, creators were, you know, they were massively benefited to be able to be in a position where they could like receive large amounts of budgets for people staying at home because no one wanted to go out. But I feel like there's a shift again, you know, everyone's returning back to normal, like COVID's over. So uh, I think a retail space has again become a lot more uh, valued for brands and to be able to like draw more customers in. Um, so I think that's another another shift as to why uh, brand budgets have been a bit low. And another thing that I've done is just like pitching my own like numbers too like i'll just like throw out some numbers at brands and then they'll like think about they'll they'll usually like try to like uh lowball me more so uh, that's another thing i'm trying to like navigate where i find like a balance between the brand and myself that makes sense and have you ever done any sort of more um like ugc type collaborations where um the brand is maybe working with you where you'll create a video and you won't necessarily post it on your own account but you'll send it to the brand for them to use in their marketing materials is that something that you've done at all it seems like that's like one way that creators are, are making money these days too yeah i've definitely looked into that and um i've seen like a, a niche i've seen that as a niche where you know you typically ugc creators are they're not, they're trying to grow on TikTok, but they generally have smaller uh, followings. And mm -hmm. like, I've sort of wanted to get into that, but um, I don't think that I'm going to go in that direction. I feel like you just see, you just see, I do get some UGC for, for myself, but um, yeah, I don't think it, it's, it's working out for me. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it, it's also, to your point, I, it seems like it's something that a lot of times folks who don't yet have an audience maybe are exploring, whereas like with you, you already have a, a decent decent following. And so that's something that you can leverage and um, hopefully use that to kind of build different relationships with brands. Um, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I guess would love to um, hear a little bit more too um, about... I, with, with fashion, how you, um, sort of evolved into this more kind of like minimalist style, like, um, have you always been interested in fashion, like since like you were a kid or, or how did you, can you talk a little bit about your evolution of just your, your 
your interest in in the niche that you're you're creating content in yeah so i've always been into uh fashion as a at a young age um i feel like growing up i didn't really receive a lot of you know nice clothing um you know i was in elementary school i had pretty low self-esteem and going into high school as well and one of the things about growing up in, in the asian parent household is that they're very frugal with you with whatever they want to purchase uh, you know they won't they'll set strict rules for you they won't tell you they'll tell you to not do this and that and uh, that was very restricting for me and uh, I wasn't even given any allowance uh, or a phone I didn't get one till I was in college and I think it was more of the, like the self-esteem because when I when I put on like some nice clothes at a store it just like instantly boosted my confidence and I just felt like that was like a really, you know, aha moment for me um, to be able to do that. And that's when I really started to like look more into that uh, purchasing nice clothes. Because when I first started, I was probably grade 10. I only had like five or 10 bucks. So I would just buy a, a hoodie from Blue Notes or like, um, you know, one of those like cheaper fast fashion brands that I was able to get a hold of. And at that time, it did well for me. But now, like, um, I still, you know, I still feel that value of um, dressing well. You know, it, it can take you to a lot of places. Like, it makes you, not only does it make you feel good, uh, other people's impressions of you change as well. Um, but people should mostly be dressing, like, for themselves and, like, the confidence that, that they have. And uh, I, I feel like a lot of people could use that. Yeah, I, I really like that. And um, I guess related, do you have a favorite piece in your wardrobe right now that you're you're really excited about or um, a, a few pieces? <laughs> um, it's a great question because uh, I actually haven't been buying like clothes recently and I've just been like trying to save right now because I, I've, uh, I've like made too many poor choices where I, I just like impulse buy and then you know I'll wear it like once or twice and then I probably won't wear it but I'll still like the piece to keep it in my wardrobe and so lately I've um, I've been more intentional with what I what I'm trying to buy and uh, so I guess in terms of like my favorite pieces that's a really hard question because I like like all my pieces but there's not like really one that that stands out for me I would say yeah yeah it makes sense seems like it's good to like them all yeah <laughs> to put put the thought into it that makes yeah makes a difference yeah. um yeah I, I guess I've actually in the process of of building like or trying to build like more of like a capsule wardrobe um I don't know if that's something that you like advise folks on or is that something um that you've thought about too in the context of like minimal living or um minimal fashion <laughs> Yeah, like I, I totally, um, I love the concept of a capsule wardrobe. I think it's like, it, it, it's actually something that I feel like I might go down towards sometime, some point in my life. Um, but right now at this point, I think I'm just, I just personally, I like to wear different styles and I wear a lot of different things, and I just like to like in that sense, it's just like to express myself in those ways. Um, so I don't think right now, like 
at this time capsule wardrobe is for me uh although the the i do 100% value the capsule wardrobe so i i really respect you for doing that and like with a ta- capsule wardrobe you can still make like you know 10 or 20 outfits from the five or six you know five or six pants that you have or however many pieces of items that you have like yeah it's i i respect it a lot that you can you know you you can rotate those outfits with the uh, you know 10 or 15 or so pieces that you have and focus more on like you know a timeless silhouette and saving a lot of money too in the process yeah yeah that was that was the goal for me and i would say that i am still aspiring i have not fully committed to it yet but I, i'm trying <laughs> it's it's definitely tough that's good um, yeah, and yeah, I think that that's that's also um, interesting in terms of like minimal living or minimal fashion. I feel like there is this kind of spectrum of maybe like capsule wardrobe is like all the way over on this end of the spectrum, and then uh, that there's the kind of more maximalist style, and then there's a lot of like you know room in between. And so maybe it's just kind of about finding uh, rules or guidelines that make sense for you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. what works for you? <laughs> awesome. Um, well, I guess um, maybe we can, this has been a great conversation so far. Maybe we can kind of shift to wrapping up. Sure. Um, but yeah, would love to hear a little bit more about what you, you have on the horizons. Um, anything that you, you want to plug or, or share with uh, folks who are listening? Um, it's, uh, I'm not sure who's going to be watching this, but I just want to say thanks for watching and uh, just want to like appreciate you guys for you know, sending up Meru and like inviting me for this podcast as well. And um, at this time, there's nothing really like I have for the future. Uh, I'm just kind of like go with, go with the flow kind of guy. So I feel like, uh, yeah, whatever happens, you'll you'll see on my content. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll keep our our eyes peeled. Um, but yeah, really appreciate you coming on. Um. And uh, yeah, think very thankful that you're you're in our orbit. So uh, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Perfect. <laughs> thanks so much, Evelyn. <laughs>